Welcome to Toffee Blue View, your source for all things Everton. Uh, I'm Jerry. I got Max and David here. We're sort of a somber bunch at the at the moment. Not not a lot of positivity happening. Uh, Saturday didn't go so well. Uh, not as bad, and not, not as bad as it could have been. You know, I remember mm-hmm. Arsenal. I remember that one. It was super recent, and it was terrible. This one was, uh, yeah. Could have been worse, but not good. I do have some positivity I'm going to share with you guys right now. Football related. All right? Um, I found out about a month ago that the U.S. national team is going to be playing in North Carolina in March. Playing against Paraguay. Paraguay. And, uh, yeah, they're going to be playing about two hours away from me. My wife and I just bought tickets. So nice. we're going. We get to go the game. Isn't that crazy? USA. <laughs> yeah, sadly... Um, it's not like we're looking forward to a World Cup or anything, but let's <laughs> let's not let that damper the spirits. You know, it, apparently they're actually going to be playing some of the good players too. So, mm-hmm. and not just you know the young kids. So, it could be cool. Could be cool. I'm I'm a little excited. I'll be honest. Uh, that's kind of my my one of my fortieth. That's my main fortieth birthday present actually coming up in March. Nice. So yeah. Uh, Dropping the 40 bomb in there as well. Yeah. Making sure he gets his cards off for everybody who's watching. Oh, yeah. I'm um, really counting on a lot. Let me t- that can't be <laughs> uh, You know, the awful thing is my birthday is uh, the Ides of March. So, you know, everybody can literally just say, beware the Ides of March, you know, to me, like, repeatedly. What, what's the Ides of March? Oh, come on. Come on, David. The Ides of March is March 15th. It's the day that Julius Caesar was killed. And they always said in Shakespeare, in, in, in Shakespeare, where you're from, beware the Ides of March in like the play, you know, saying, hey, you're going to get killed that day, stabbed a bunch of times. Yeah. So see the problem. The problem with me, with me, is as everybody knows, I'm I'm completely and utterly self-involved. <laughs> and my birthday is on the second of March. So no when it comes to March. I just focus on myself. Sweet. So. No, that's good. I'm glad I. you're actually not far from mine. That's awesome. Yeah. So uh, uh, I'll Wink. write down the address if anyone needs <laughs> the cards. Address in the description below. Yeah. Uh. What I'll do, I've got like an Amazon. You no, know, like the way you see those wannabe porn stars on Twitter. Sort of <laughs> it anyway. Not that I follow any of them. But, um, and they have like an Amazon wish list. I'll, I'll set one of them up, and you guys can just kind of pick what you want from there. I hope my way. Nice, nice. Max, yeah. when is your birthday? Just so to clarify, twenty second of August. August twenty second. Mm-hmm. I'm right a summer up. babe. Ah, interesting. Were you were you early in the school year or very late? I was the youngest in the year. Oh yeah, yeah. It was horrible. Everyone turning eighteen before me. Tough. Yeah, it's tough a long way that. Horrible. Absolutely horrible. See, I'm imagining, see, here in the, I don't know when you guys get your driver's licenses. Here in the States, it's a really big deal when you turn 16, get your license. And if if you turn 16 after everybody else, you know, you see all your friends driving to school, driving yeah. around, and, and you're just sitting there like. <laughs> it's 17 over there. It's 17 yeah. over there? Yeah. Right. All right, uh, we better stop talking about it there because I fear this could go into some weird, like, cultural comparisons, and this could turn even more negative 
really quickly. Uh, <laughs> you're like, oh, you only have to be 17 here, but or you only have to be 16 here, but you can totally buy other stuff. And let's not go into it. <laughs> Two sentences away from gun laws and Donald Trump. I was, was not going to touch it. <laughs> you got half your li- listeners sitting there saying one thing, the other half saying the other. Cats and dogs living together, total anarchy. So, <laughs> so uh, let us quickly uh, talk about uh, summarize the show for the pod people out there. Um, so the lineup looks like this. We're going to react to the Watford. Match next. We're going to talk about negative football and uh, who's to blame from our fo- for our form and and who's sort of to blame for the negative football. All that negative fo- can negative football be a good thing? We'll get into that stuff. Uh, next, we'll talk about Europa League. We kind of talked about this in the last podcast. We said you know we should do that as a segment. Well, guess what? We're going to do it now. Uh, Europa League. Do we want it? If somehow we finish seventh, do we want it, or will it hold us back? Uh, and uh, we'll close with just a few more of those old transfer tidbits. Close with a smile. Let's put it that way. All right? So, gentlemen, let's get our somber, angry faces back on. We're all, you know, (laughs) hey, we smiled a minute ago. Uh, (laughs) We were smiling. You remember when we were smiling, guys? So, uh, yeah, we're all negative right now. So, we all we all know that the, the, we're, no one was happy. What stood out for you guys as the most glaring issue for us on Saturday, uh, Max? Let's start with you. I think this game in particular it was just ultimately so disappointing. You know, after those two weeks off, watching other teams competing for the FA well in the FA Cup, should I say? You know, we get whipped away to Dubai, where you think you know the players did really hone in on the fitness and the cohesion um, in terms of how they play. And um, the the game was by by not by any means the worst performance that we've seen this season. Like you said, Jerry, you know we have seen a lot worse. But again, it was the same old story, and that the chances just weren't weren't being made. You know the the, the half chances we weren't taking advantage of, and a, 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 key, a, a chance that stood out for me was in the first half. I think we were the better team edging them in the first half. There was um, Omar Nias was kind of bombing it down one side of the pitch, and Theo Walcott. You know, we know the pace that he got. He got pace to burn, and he was run down the other side of the pitch. And all it took, all it really needed was a good ball across, and, and Walcott would have slotted home. Mm-hmm. And um, just Omar just didn't seem to find him. All, but you know, albeit he tested the keeper, but you know, it just makes you question the caliber of the players. We, you know, we've seen the impact that Walcott had, um, and in it. I, I was thinking, you know, in any other team in the league, that ball probably gets played square across, and he put he, he pops it in, and again it goes back to the me me first point of the chances. I think it was the main issue. The 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 chances just weren't good enough of what we were making, and we weren't taking advantage of them. Mm. Uh, what I have to say will play into that a lot, but let's go to David next. Um, yeah, the big big one for me is lack of ambition again. Um, you know, if, if, if you remember the preview, I know you guys are quite confident. I wasn't. I, I did. I did say I didn't fancy us to win. You know, I was going to give you credit, David, but since you're honking your own horn, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I'm self-involved, and the first thing I didn't even listen to what Max was saying. I was thinking, <laughs> you talk about yourself. Make sure you talk about yourself. <laughs> I always do, Max. Um, 
I have to get my ideas off someone. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I just, I wasn't confident. And it, it's the complete lack of ambition that we show away from home. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if that was the home fixture. We probably would have won that game quite comfortably the way we did with Palace. Um, I think it would have been a similar performance to that. But I've just, I've grown such a resentment for this this group of players and being totally honest with you, I just, I'm struggling to, you know, you take Coleman out of there, don't, you know, he's been out for so long and he's a real lovable guy, but, you know, the rest of them, I just, I don't, I, I can't seem to relate to any of them. I can get on board with the odd good performance, you know, Davis, I thought, done very well, and, and at least in the first half, he looked dangerous, but I'm just resenting these plays because they're just letting us down again and again and the effort doesn't look there, you know, once again, I probably wouldn't include Walcott. I think Walcott's been fantastic since he's come in and he was still one of our better players on Saturday. But, yeah, just I have such a resentment for this group of players and I think, luckily for them, the manager's hopeless and a bit of a clown. Um, I think they're, they're managing to deflect all the blame onto him. And some parts rightly so because and I am not Team Aldice in any way. I don't like the man, but... I just find they're getting away with too much and they're the ones at the end of the day who are playing football and they're just they're not working hard enough for the team and they're just doing everything wrong for me and I'm just fed up with them. I wish we I wish we could get a whole new team in. Um so I didn't I didn't really think the defensive performance was the worst thing I've seen from us. Um mm. but I think the number one thing that stood out which led to our lack of chances is we looked really sloppy. Mm. We looked really mm. careless with the ball. I, I don't know if I've seen Rooney give the ball away that much in a while. All right? Yeah. Um, it was a lot of grabbing the ball, looking forward, trying to find somebody, giving it to the other team. Repeat. Over and yeah. over again. And so much of that. All right? Now, if it had just been one player, I would say, I would point to that player and say, that's not good enough. But it was like the whole team. And when, and when it's almost everybody doing sloppy things like Pickford trying to clear the ball out and not clearing it high enough and it getting caught and leading to one of their chances, yeah, all right, clattering it into the back of a player, that's that's really not acceptable. And we know that he's got a good left peg. That should not be happening. Mm-hmm. I think you know the the pressure certainly mounted in that second half because I think Watford must have been given a you know a really good team talk there you know to to say that Everton were there for the taking and I think Watford really amped up their level of pressure in that second half and we as Evertonians know that with with this side the more pressure that you apply on the back line the more they fold the more sloppy the clearances become so mm. yeah that, that that second half performance was really disappointing for me. There for me is where the ambition thing comes in again. Yeah. You know that as as a, this is why I always say to people: as a game goes on, you don't fancy. You, we we laugh about you know getting ninety ninetieth minute winners at Anfield, for example. And I say we'll never ever do that because if we're drawing. We'll just sit back and the, the, the same thing happened. We I thought we actually started at the better side. I thought we looked a little bit dangerous. Davis was getting seeing a lot of the ball doing really well, but as you say. The game, as the game progressed, the momentum shifted. And, and, and you know, Aldice was going to bring on Schneidlin at one point, wasn't he? Just mm. before the goal. Yep. There's, there's the ambition straight there. For me, that is, we're going to just try and hold on again for the draw. There's no ambition to win yeah. it. And Watford didn't deserve to win it because they weren't good enough. But uh, they were the ones that were still going for it. 
And I said those last twenty minutes, they were they were the, they, they did become the better side, and look, they got the three points for it. Yeah, when I was when I noticed we were still not at nil 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 nil. So we're still we're still uh, tied there, and I was thinking, who do you bring off the bench right now? Who do you bring off the bench for a little excitement yeah. and to actually try to make an impact? And I'm sitting here trying to think about it. And I don't really know the answer because when I saw them bring in Belasi, all right, I, I, my heart sank a little bit. And I, I'm somebody I really want him to do well. I want him to come in there. Surprise! He yeah. lost the ball every single time he touched it. it that's he, he, worse he, than normal. It's usually about half he, the times. He, um, there was one moment in particular I thought you know he, he had. I think he basically it's the same scenario that he seems to have every single game, and he squanders it every single game as well. Is where he's one on one with the with the fullback, and he's got the chance to beat him, then bomb on and get a better angle of goal. And you know he just decides to float the cross in, and it's an awful cross. It comes off someone's head, and I'm thinking, you know, Nikola Vlasic, you know, someone who could have <laughs> probably handled that situation a lot better, and he's not even on the bench. And you know, there's so many questions around this football club at the minute, and. We just don't seem to be progressing at all. I just I haven't seen Belasi. I didn't see Belasi beat a man on Saturday, you know. And that's one of the reasons we brought him in is because he's powerful and fast. Now, to be fair to him, he's coming off a huge injury, and that's going to affect your speed and quickness. I get that. At some point, he'll probably get back up to speed. But by the time he does, I don't know if he'll still be an option for us. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like it's yeah. going to take him a year. I wouldn't. I literally wouldn't play Balassi again this season. I, no, I think I know. may agree with that. Yeah, I mean the thing that I keep saying is he may have shown glimpses before he got injured, but this is the Balassi I remember anyway. Mm. Except he obviously he's a worse version, and I understand if the argument, which I don't agree with, but let's just say for the naysayers out there, the argument is he's just come back off this massive injury. You now he's getting back up to speed. Go back to the basics then. You know, get yourself a yard, a, a space, and swing a good ball in. We can all do that. The, the three of us could probably do that. All right, not at that level, but it's not hard for a player. You know, Martina, for example, he, he, he constantly get ridiculed. He, he, he started putting in some really good balls, and I think he just does the basics. He gets in position where he can cross it and crosses it. That's what Balassi should be doing. But instead, he's trying these stupid fucking turn, like stepovers, turns. But he's obviously lost his pace, so he can't get away with them anymore. And when you're watching it, you can see it coming. You're thinking, don't, don't, don't. And the defender is just having a field day, just picking them off every single time. And as Max said, Vlasic, why not? Klassen is is actually breaking me hard because, you know, I've seen a lot of his highlights recently just because I've been looking at some bits to do with him. And he was a giant for Ajax over these last few years. A giant. Ajax a better, a bit better club than we are. All right, they're in a lesser league, but he he could really take this team on if he just gets a position where he's playing week in week out and he's given a run and he's not even getting a look in. Shocking. Yeah. Um. So that was that was the thing that was really getting to me is I was sitting there thinking, wow, the players that are on the field are the ones that particular lineup is a lineup that I think has a better chance to score a goal than almost anybody else you bring in. You know, DCL yeah. is some speed. Uh, we potentially could have gone to two up front. 
Uh, you know, we could have done that. He swapped Tosun in, and I thought Tosun actually played well for what he was expected to do. Held the ball up well, passed well. He's a good passer. You know, he's strong. I, I got to be honest. Yeah. I think every single one of us, you know, got a got a little chub when you saw Tosin bump off bump Delafeo off the ball. That was that was kind of great. And, but I didn't want to see Delafeo get hurt. I hated that he got hurt yeah. after it. That's 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 not cool. But um, to see him just you know use a little muscle, that's that's yeah. good. You know, uh, but but. That particular, I didn't think immediately that's the change that we need to score a goal. I thought almost, mm-hmm. okay, well, right now this is the best opportunity we have, or we switch formation and bring in DCL. Yeah, yeah. And we're not going to do that because we rarely switch formation in-game. Exactly. It's, that, it's the two up front debate, isn't it? I think uh, Everton have had this debate for God knows how long in over numerous different managers. You know, we I can't really recall the last time that we felt that was going to be there every, you know, every two o'clock on a Saturday afternoon. You know, you'd see it on the team sheet. So, and like, like you say, that 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 formation, that squad, you know, we 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 all probably agree that that is the the team with the the best chance of getting a result. Given the way the season's gone, we've kind of find found a team that can that can get us somewhere and. It's it, it's just so hard because the consistency isn't there, and, and that is the biggest issue. Um, guys, what would you say stood out for you in a positive way? Because it was not the worst game in the world. David, you mentioned Davies' play. I mm. actually that was one of my main positives from that yeah, game. I thought, I thought he was all right. I thought Davis. Yeah, the good first half. He got very dangerous again. You know, he's proven why he should be in the side and. Walcott again. I think Walcott looks a level above everyone we've got at the moment. You know, he's been a fantastic signing and he's definitely one for the coming seasons when hopefully things kind of get back on track. Um, I'll be honest, maybe another positive is that we didn't get outplayed, but, you know, it was Watford. We shouldn't be getting outplayed anyway. And I'm really struggling for positives and just also disappointments at that game. Yeah. Uh, Max, any positives at all? I echo that really. It's it's just the the fact that you know the two week layoff, and the fact that we were you know we had a training camp in Dubai where you'd expect that the areas of weakness in our game, the the lack of chances would really be addressed, and they'd be drilled on creating chances in different scenarios. And you know we're we're admitting you know it was far from the worst performance that we've seen, but after after time off like that and. After the you know the the level of detail you'd expect to be put in at a training camp, it just didn't look like that was what they did over the two weeks off. Really, that's one of them, isn't it? It's like is saying it's not one of the worst performances we've seen this year, even a compliment, because mm-hmm. it, it it just it's probably a testament to how shit we've been. Really, that we come away and think, yeah, I suppose it wasn't the worst we played, but we were, we 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 hated it still, didn't we? It was it was. It was a painful watch, and we didn't do nearly enough in front of goal. Um, <laughs> you know, it could go down pretty quick. As, as sloppy as we looked, to me, that reminded me of an early season game. You know, like your chemistry's mm-hmm. not there. You haven't played against anybody for a while. You don't have that cutting edge. The incision is not there, and it, it, that I feel like. Maybe something that comes from going off on a trip 
and, and, and competing against only each other and not competing in the hard in one of those hard games we may have been better uh, better served to to stay home and maybe play some behind closed doors friendlies with some play for some other teams mm-hmm. you know yeah um, well they all want all they didn't they? they all wanted to update the fucking instagrams yeah. hey, see balafi doing it today monday motivation he's like this in the gym and he's yeah. saying like surround yourself with people who are going to take you forward and i think just get off get off instagram mm. shut up and start putting your performances out there, then you can do all this shit. They're, they're all there liking each other's pictures and all putting stuff yeah. on there. And I'm just, no, fuck that, and just get back to basics and start. I, I, instead of having their pride on your social networking pages, I've read pride in your performances. No, be, if that was me, I would be like, this is embarrassing getting beat by teams like Wofford, and, you know, we're meant to be one of these better sides. Let's get let's go out there and prove it. But yeah, we've we, we just got a bunch of cowards at the moment. I don't think Watford's the least talented team. I think they do have some talent there. I think uh, with the new manager, uh, I think he's still trying to put a system in place. I think if Sam's been here this long, we should have a system in place. We we should have been a more settled team imposing a system on them, but instead it looked like we were there to react to what they were going to do. You yeah, know? certainly. She, she might have done the second half, definitely. And I, I, I agree with that. You know, Watford are... A, t- a talented side, you know, we saw that. I, I mean, granted, we were shit in that home game, but you, you saw how they took us apart in the, in that first half of Cuddleston. But you know, the investment that we've had, the pressure that mm. the players should be under, you know, that like me and Dave just discussed. Then they, 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 they don't seem like they even know that they're under the, the pressure and the expectations of playing for Everton Football Club. Yeah. And as a fan, that's that's sinisterly worrying that. The players don't seem to understand the level of pressure that they, they should be under. Um, really quick, because we live in a world of blame, who's at fault for the goal? The defence. I, I think the defensive line was just far too deep. I think it was, you know, it was it was sat back far too deep, and like like I said earlier, the. the Wofford amped up the pressure and we you know the further back we drop the closer they get in on goal and you know it it took a turn and just a leather of a shot you know if they were if it was a few yards back that would have went over the bar but mm-hmm. the fact that we were just so deep of course you know rockets into the into the roof of the net so the defensive line you're blaming the whole D line alright I don't I, I don't know I'm blaming to be honest I think the, the actual finish itself wasn't bad Thought it was good touching, good finish, keep good finish. save it. But I think everything before that was just poor. You know, we just always we, we always just seemed to be like a, a yard away. It, we just didn't seem to have as the game went on. We lost a bit of a bite, I think, and it was it was showing. And yeah. I think that's if you look back on that goal, that, that really accumulates a lot of that. Yeah, I see a lot of people blaming Cuco Martina. Um, Obviously, yeah. Um, I will say, I mean, his he was on Okaka, who got the cross off. I saw Ashley Williams on Deanie's back. Uh, Deanie played a smart first touch backwards. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was backwards and it was, was away from Williams. Williams didn't react as quickly as he could have, though, in order to actually get a foot on it. He was not close. He was not far from it. You know, he did mm-hmm. eventually. He, did, he didn't just let him shoot it, but... Initially, the first time I saw it, I was I was blaming Williams for it. Um, but and so, you know, t- t- typically, 
a younger player would react quicker. So, you know, where's Mason Holgate when you need him? Mm, I don't know, guys. I, I think it was a situation where it was, I blame more than one player for that situation. I'm not pointing one finger. And uh, so really quickly, last thing, what's one thing you would have changed in order to get a result in that one? I've got one little weird thing that I'm not sure somebody would have said, but I'll just say it first. Uh, I think something that would have given us an additional dimension offensively, although I thought Cuco Martina was okay, I would sub Garbutt in for him to give us an attack up that left side. That would be a dimension they wouldn't have expected, and we actually would have had an attack, and he would have been whipping balls in. And somebody needs to be whipping balls to Tosun because that's the main way he's going to score goals. I would have said the, the defensive line because, you know, you're come, coming up against um, Troy Deeney, not, not, not the quickest. And typically, if you, you play a higher defensive line, the more likely it is that you're going to be able to play your football further up the pitch when you do have the ball. And I think that would have certainly put us in, in, in a better position in that second half when the confidence and the energy levels are dropping. At least we would have been a bit better off positionally. Mm. So I think I'd change that. David? I, d- I don't think a tactical alteration is really required. I think every time we seem to look at these teams when they come out an hour before kickoff, you think, no, on paper, it's not a bad side, but just the personnel aren't doing enough mm. for me. So I think the personnel needs to do more. Um there's no reason why that team who starts on paper shouldn't have won that on Saturday. But do you agree with that? They, yeah, I think Max would agree with that too. You know, that's. I think it proved that in the first half. Yeah. You know, they looked strong in the first half. Stronger. I'm not going to say they looked overwhelmingly strong. Like I said, Watford had most of the possession, but we had some good chances. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I guess that's it for our uh, Watford match reaction. Let's talk about negativity because that's where I'll be a negative right now. So let's get into it. All right. I see a lot of people talking about our negative, uh, negative approach, negative football, uh, the way we seem to play primarily a lot of defense on Saturday, not really trying to uh, score a lot of goals, not really a lot of attacking. A lot of people out there feel that they would prefer us play fun, exciting football and draw then play very negative, boring, ugly football and win. Um, and I don't necessarily feel like that, but I was going to see, kind of curious as to what you guys think about that. Because it is a conversation people are having. Yeah, and the short answer, no. Um, you know, I'd, I think everybody loves to be entertained. That's why you watch football, but... No, we had a lot of the entertaining days with Martinez where we you know, we were in these high scoring fixtures but we were quite often on the losing side. Um and that novelty wears off very quickly. Um so I think you've got to find a fine balance between the two, but I think what always comes first is winning games. Um one of our most memorable kind of seasons was that oh four, oh five year, um, uh, where we finished in the top four. You know, that, that season, something like 17, I think it might have been 17 wins, but the 90% of them were um, by one goal, um, whether that be 1-0 or 2-1. Um, so, yeah, it, it doesn't, you know, what comes first is winning games for me and then the entertainment factor, you hope, follows suit. Mm-hmm. 
took the words out my mouth for it there, really. Um, I couldn't couldn't put it any better. Um, I just I, I don't I I think that's the most the motivate the most part of the motivation of being a football fan is wanting to see your team win games. You know, if, if you could if you come away, it's like it's like you know it's like being happy for getting a trophy for finishing in second place, isn't it? You know, you can't walk away with a smile on your face after it. You know, ultimately that factor that you were second best and you did not win mm. ultimately clouds over any other feeling or emotion for me. Um, I know when I first started getting to watch Champions League, Champions League and everything, because, again, for a long time they weren't playing a lot of this stuff. I wasn't getting to watch a lot of teams around the world play. And then I remember watching, I remember hearing about Atletico Madrid, okay? Hearing mm. about how many games they were winning, how strong they looked. And then I actually watched them play Real Madrid. And this was only... a three seasons ago or something. And yeah. I watched Real Madrid just completely take it to them and just get all the chances, but Atletico defend, defend, defend. And I watched Atletico get one chance, score, win 1-0. And yeah. I thought, wow, they that was, that was almost like a coaching clinic. That was a managerial, yeah. tactical clinic. That's impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, it wasn't necessarily... I didn't sit. I wasn't sitting there pumping my fist the whole time, going "Yeah," you know. Uh, so it's a weird thing, but I, I, I think I'd rather get the win. I'm not comparing no. Everton to Atletico, by the way. I just want to make that clear right I'm, now. I'm, I'm glad you brought something like that, that up. You know, like the team like Atletico. You know, like you've just said, you develop an appreciation mm. for the fact there's just such uh, um, a tactical awareness, and it, you know, it's almost like being tactically savvy. Where you know you, you you pick your moments and you're clinical in those moments and you develop a reputation that for that and you're you know it, it's what you want to see from your side it's, it's the basics it's the fundamentals you want to see winning games first and then you want to see impressive performances. Mm. Well, you look you know United done the treble last year, didn't they? People might try and c- kind of play it down, say not the proper treble, but at the end of the day, three trophies in a season, so it is form of the treble but no, they don't play the most exciting football but at the end of the day they've won three trophies in a year you know well it's it, I think Everton I haven't won now about 33 years um, so yeah, I'm pretty sure not one United fan was complaining last year when they, they were winning those, that, that silverware and they weren't playing necessarily the most exciting football Um and you know, even last week they went to Seville, didn't they? And they got a nil-nil draw, which <laughs> I didn't watch the game, but by all accounts it was a typical United away performance, pretty, pretty, you know, nullifying the, the game almost. But if they go back to Old Trafford and win into the quarterfinals of the Champions League, you know, if they go on to win it, there'll be no certainly no complaints about the way they've played. Yeah, I I hesitate to go into that too much, but I will say I saw a lot of United supporters on Twitter complaining about the performance against Sevilla. Um, but, again, they did not lose. Yeah. So well, I think you get, when, you, when you're used to success, you get an arrogancy about it, like a self-entitlement mm-hmm. to it, don't you? And the thing is, nobody self, no one's entitled to success. I think the worst case of it at the moment is Arsenal fans. You know, they think they're entitled to, to win everything, and it doesn't work like that. And 
you know, it, when it comes down to it, you've got to, if you can win things, do it by any means possible. You, it shouldn't just be a case of, well, we don't want to win it unless we win it this way. So we've, all three of us have established that we're not necessarily of the same mind as the, as the folks that feel this way, the folks that would prefer exciting football. Uh, we're okay with negative football, defensive football. I kind of prefer to call it defensive, you know, mm. because I feel like that's what it, it really is. Um, however, I think it's, it's if you get the results. You have, to, you have to get the performance. You have to get the points. If you, if you line up to play defensive, it better damn well it's work. Gonna be, it's going to become very contradictive on the surface right now, isn't it? But I, I definitely know what you're trying to say. Well, yeah, well, that's the thing. I think that's one of the reasons why we're impatient, though, with Sam. You know, because, because we're not really getting all of it. I love looking at Max and just seeing him go... <laughs> because because we're not we're not getting the we're not getting the performances right now you know um, so yeah uh, Max go ahead before you explode <laughs> I, I I think Evertonians that they can become very they can become disenchanted very easily Evertonians I think you know we we saw it um, we saw it definitely under Martinez towards the end of Martinez we saw it towards the end of Cumin and we're we're experiencing another form of that now. Um, I kind of harp back to Moyes as an example. We weren't the greatest, far from it. But it was very rare you'd come away, unless it was a thumping against a, a higher, higher calibre opposition. You know, it was very rare you'd come away from a David Moyes game where you'd think, you know, we didn't give it our all. And there was that kind of unity with the players and the fans. And and like David said earlier, um, there's a real disconnect and you can't relate to these performances or these players as you could under Moyes. That's by no means saying that I would want David Moyes back, by the way, because, you know, that that style of football does become very limited and it doesn't get you the results that you want. But given 100% was always something that would happen under Moyes and it just hasn't been the case for the last few years now. And again, I think that's where this disenchantment this, this comes from. So... One of the things that see that it's that attitude that I would call negative football right there. That's what I would call negative, you know, an overall attitude that is that is negative that kind of takes away that if you approach the game with a certain mindset, it takes away from the entire team, not just from you. Mm-hmm. It is it is contagious. So let me read a couple of these quotes from Big Sam himself. All right. You've all read them, probably, but I'm going to say them out loud just because they're pertinent to maybe the attitude around the grounds right now. So Sam was asked if if transfer players with with big numbers, the ones that cost more money, should be performing better. He said, yes, no doubt about that, but Everton is in an inflated price bracket. Everyone knew it had money, but the players need to be dealing with it more for the money paid. So players' fault. Now he's talking about the players. They get the ball and pass it. Not me. If you get the ball and move it forward, your front men get in the game and they attack the other team's defense. But you can't blame me if they don't pass the ball. Players' fault. Number two, players. Okay? He's talking about having not having a goal scorer. What the club achieved last year was exceptionally good. What happened was we haven't really found the goal scorer that we had last season. Without that goal scorer, you're going to struggle more. Players. This one's just saying our players aren't... We don't have the goal scorer, so it's one of their fault. 
Then he says, we've got to, we just got to get ourselves out of it. We've done a good job up to now. We were only two points off relegation when I arrived because I when am I arrived, when I'm awesome because yeah. I'm the greatest, right? We still got 10 games to stay in the top half of the table. And then I'd say it's been a decent season because he's talking about the top half guys. Top mm-hmm. half means it's a good season. And uh, last comment, he's talking about having a sports psychologist. Inferring it's the players, again, their mindset. I can't find the right one at the minute. There's a lot out there that would benefit us at this moment in time. We have one at the club anyway, but we don't use them collectively in group group sessions. Okay? So that is a lot of saying our tactics are on point. We're doing everything we can. It's the players and their brains and them not wanting to try. Oh, he absolves himself of so much responsibility. It's unreal. Um, I had the opportunity to speak to Roberto Martinez um, a few months ago, and he, he said something similar in terms of the mentality of the group. Um, again, it just seems to be a recurring theme of shifting responsibility onto the players and blaming this Everton mentality. But I really feel like Everton Football Club needs a man-manager who is able to share the burden with the players and be able to to be on their level and someone that they can connect to and, and relate to. And again, I'll reiterate, just, just share the, the ups and downs that the players go through. And it really doesn't feel like Sam Allardyce does that. And it, it's, again, you can't, you can't, again, I'm not saying that you should absolve any responsibility from the players because we know and we've said a lot that they haven't been good enough this season and they continue to put in below par performances. But I feel like bringing in someone who's not- a notorious man manager who can bring the best out of players individually and then look towards bringing them the best out of them as a group is the way forward. So this next managerial appointment needs to be spot on. Like when you listen to these quotes, it's like, you know, everything he's saying is bullshit. It's, like, it's almost like propaganda. And when, when you actually just spend more than 10 seconds looking into what he's saying it's all bullshit but yeah he just comes out with it again and it just seems to be like Groundhog Day every time he does an interview and, and I feel like we're at that stage like this kind of we need to replace the um, the striker I don't know if anyone's seen that tweet to put out the thing is that it, what it basically said was although Lukaku scored 25 goals last year his kind of points won within those goals was only 9 points whereas Niasi has won us 7 points this year the score- despite scoring a lot less. So for people who can't fucking see the obvious here, what you're trying to say is Niasi's sees goals and they're on just as important as Lukaku's, despite them being less. So the so the point I'm trying to make in there is that I'm getting so fucking wound up, by the way, that people <laughs> couldn't grasp what I was trying to say in this. You know, we haven't, in points total, we haven't actually missed out on that much when we've lost Lukaku, he scored, yeah, he scored a lot of goals, but very little of them actually influenced the outcome of the game. Um, so this kind of cop-out of always blaming Lukaku, it doesn't work. It, it, it's it's not the case. You know, he did score a lot of goals, but he didn't always affect the game. So that that's bullshit for one. But in all, Allardyce, going back to your point, needs to make his decision. Is he taking credit for the performances or is he not? Or... Is it just going to be as black and white as it's quite clear when it's a positive, it's down to him, and when it's it, it's a negative, it's down to the players? Because 
you know, he's talking about where, where we was when he come in in terms of the relegation zone two points. But then when we get beat, it's always, well, they're not pulling their, their way. They're not doing the basics right. That's not my fault. That's their fault. So which it's like, which one is Is he going to take credit for performances or is he not? Like, I, I tweeted about it because when you... when you, I, I want someone to go through all his press conferences since he's come to Everton Football Club and list the amount of times that he said before I came here and since I've been here. Yeah. It's just setting... just getting It's getting that out there to absolve himself again. Something that I keep saying, absolve himself of, of responsibility. And it is just... Football managers can't do that, I, I feel. And it's... Everything he decides to say, it's it's you know look at the shit show that we were before I came here and the league this season has been abysmal. That is the only reason we are where we are is because the rest of the league has been considerably poor and he keeps trying to get the board's attention by saying, look, we have improved since I've been here, but it's not. We haven't improved to the standards that I feel someone like Farhad Mashiri wants us to. to. Yeah. So well, I don't I don't know. When he was appointed, obviously, yes, there was the, the, the Daunton prospect of relegation. But who really looked at Sam Allardyce and thought that man is the answer? Yeah. I've seen... It's, it's, it's a fair point. And I saw a stat today that apparently Burnley haven't won a game in 17 games. Yeah. At the start of that, they were one place above seventh. One point, sorry, above seventh. And now, 17 games later, without a win, they're still sitting seventh. Yeah, like that's how bad the league is. That's really how poor it is. See, that's the thing. I mean, uh, yesterday had we won, we would have hopped up into eighth. We win next week, we're even with Burnley on points. Yeah, I know. You know, so we're still in this. Despite we're still in it for seventh. I think Sam's attitude is a product of the fact that he's got an enormous chip on his shoulder. Period. When you're not used to people giving you credit. I mean, I, I think he resents some of the the credit that he gets, what the, the actual credit he does get. I think he resents being known as a relegation specialist. I think he hates that. You know, he hates the fact that that's, those are the only jobs he gets. You know, mm. this little part of me, whenever we finally did hire him, I did a bunch of research on his style and his career, and I was sitting there thinking maybe there's a slight chance if he has – People around him that he trusts and, 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 the, and the personnel that work for, for what he wants to do, maybe he'll do something we don't expect. Okay? No. So far, it has been completely what we expect. We're, we're mm-hmm. fairly safe. I'm not going to say we're totally safe. I'm not going to jinx that. But many would say we are. Whatever. I just, I'm superstitious. Whatever. All right? Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> We're safe, we're where he wants us to be, cool. But i got to be honest, I expected more from this season when he came in. When he came in you know? But I think mm-hmm. he was brought in simply to keep us safe, period. And if, yeah, it was, well, if, if it was Steve's suggestion, Steve Walsh, then he was sitting there thinking, I think we can do even more with Allardyce in place. Maybe, yeah. You know? So he trusted him even more than Moshiri did probably. Um. Yeah. Shoots himself in the foot, but that's stupid, as you said on your last quote, where he's talking about, you know, well, we're in top half, this top half, that. No, top half is a, is a, if we finish tenth, it's a disappointment for us. Yeah, you know, especially to considering this season, you know, people might argue, well, you know, season's so bad to finish top ten, we've done well, but 
look where we are and, and we've been shit. All we need to do is become half decent and we'll, we'll finish seventh. So, but that's his ambition, isn't it? He will wait for the season, finishing tenth and being like, told you, told you that I'd do that for you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you're welcome. He said it's a low bar. Yeah. So when they finally get over that bar, it's kind of like, see? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Big Sam delivers again. Yeah. You know, yeah. we didn't get relegated. We're top half. Ta-da. You yeah. know, when we're sitting here thinking about now about the points lost. Okay. Because yeah. there have been a lot of points lost. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm not saying top six was possible. But honestly, I, I don't know. These games that really don't matter in the scheme of things to a lot of people, I care. I got angry watching on Saturday, unable to say bad words in front of my child. I was really angry, and I couldn't get loud because the other child was napping. So I'm sitting here just muttering to myself. It was, it was but 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 the thing is, the people that paid their money. Those are the people that I'm really feeling bad for. The one that traveled down to London, you know, that are that are watching a club that that feels like they and when they don't feel like there's much hope to get back in the game, yeah. you know. Uh, it's it, it, even like as you say, it, it's not even like you can go. It's not a big game, but we we don't win the big games and we're not even competitive in the big games. So every game to us is a game that you want to go and win. Yeah. You know, you want to enjoy victory in it. So. Whatever. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of the idea of dead rubber. You know what I mean? Even in Europa mm-hmm. League, we played the kids. I think there was a good reason to play the kids. The kids got experience. It was great against Apollon. You know, mm-hmm. there was even a purpose to that. When in really, in reality, with points, it really didn't matter. But it did matter to some people. You know, there was actually, I watched it. I liked yes, watching it. You know? Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. The idea that Sam sees some games as, as not important and not winnable and therefore he doesn't put – he rests players. I don't know. Shit like that. Annoying. I know he's pragmatic, blah, blah, blah. But you can be pragmatic and still, you know, have a soul to it. Um, yeah. I don't, I, honestly, he blamed the team. And when I saw a sloppy effort, a sloppy team effort right now – Who's the one who's actually in charge of getting that whole team ready? All right? How many times do you sit there? One player has a bad game. Your fault. Got it. Everybody else performed. You missed the chances. Okay, that's easy. When everybody's not performing, I got to think there's something more to it. Yeah. Yeah. All right? Anyway. Yeah. I'm not one of those who wants us to lose games just to get Sam canned. Um but we're all pissed off right now. And to see, it's like he's just pissing in our faces with these comments. That sucks. Yeah. So, gotta gotta be nicer to us, big guy. <laughs> he's watching. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're three of the 15 fans that go back and forth on the internet. Yes, that's right. <laughs> we are one fifth of, of your, uh, the people who disagree with you, Sam. <laughs> Shit. Anyway, all right. I guess that's it. For the negative football, whose fault is this? Of course, it's Big Sam's fault segment. We need to go into the possibility of 
European football, which seems idiotic to be saying that this season. But seventh is still possible. It's still very much mathematically possible, uh, despite the poor run of form. If a top six team wins the FA Cup, then seventh will have a Europa League spot. All right? Uh, but um, there's a lot of supporters, a lot of Everton supporters, do not want Europa League. They think it'll hinder our season next next year, especially in one, one in which we'll probably be rebuilding and probably have a new manager. Okay? So the other side of this is that Europa League could help us attract better players and a better manager. And the sooner we get used to playing European League football and Premier League football the same season, the better. We need to figure yeah. out that at some point. So there's a couple of sides here, guys. And I don't think both sides – I don't think either side is really ridiculous one way or the other because we're talking about sides that really want the best for the club. So where do you guys fall on this? Max, go. Um, a short answer. I don't understand how you could say no to European football in terms of in terms of revenue, exposure, um, the stage. I, I I couldn't. I just couldn't turn it down. The, the amount of money that we did get off the Europa League for how poor of a campaign it was was still quite a large amount. I've I've just trying to go back in my memory. Then you know that. You have the naysayers, the, the, the people who, 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 put, who reject the, the, the notion of European football. They refer to the first season under Martinez where, you know, we were knocking on the door of Champions League. Looked like we were going to get Champions League, but we bottled that in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and then people look at that it, that following season where we had Europa League, yet we finished 11th. Mm-hmm. So, it, it, you know, there's two sides to the coins, but... There's just a, there's too there's too much exposure and revenue to be made off your to say no to. Mm-hmm. I um <clears throat> I agree with Max. I don't even think it's a debate for me personally. Yet yet your camp campaign becomes a little bit harder. But isn't that what what you want? You know, look all the elite clubs in the world. They, they all play in Europe. They play in actual the marquee competition in the Champions League. But any any good side is playing European football year in, year out. That's a fact. Whether it be Champions League or Europa League, that's where you want to be. And right now, I think if Everton were at a stage where they were just qualifying for Europa League for the next two to three years comfortably, I'd, I'd probably take that whilst we work our way into hopefully pushing for the Champions League. But, you know, we, we seem to just have these darts of getting in and then a few years out and then back in. We need to become a team that starts consistently qualifying for Europe because then you start becoming a European name like how many teams do that you know within Europe but you suddenly start taking a lot more of a keen interest because you've seen them in European fixtures one for me personally I know they've always been a big club but Leon. now I know they're having a good year but I'm always watching out for Leon. Mm-hmm. Atalanta the same they, they, they come on your map and I think that's what we need more evidence to be doing we need to be on the, on the European map more we need to be a consistent team within Europe and then with that becomes the revenue you know the the champ, chance at more silverware more players as well you know it it's it is a lot more appealing for a player to come from the Premier League for a team who's also in Europe than if they're not so I think it's a no-brainer for me um I know the Europa League money is not a lot when you compare it to Champions League it's nowhere close like I remember yeah. somebody I heard this argument uh, two or three years ago, where they were actually, you know, showing you the money and how it boiled down, and it was not great. 
Um, it, it didn't, you know. And then they showed the uh, the teams that would qualify for Europa League and what their league position was that first season. It the stats in the Premier League usually back that up. Usually, a team when they're in Europa League it does, does not have the best season that year. Um, that is a common thing. Um, I mean, I agree with you guys. I won yeah. Europa League. I remember that year. <laughs> was it was it the year we finished in eleventh, where we almost got that? Uh, what, what was it? There was an extra spot they would give to to the team well, that had the fewest amount of yellow fair cards. Fair well, play. Yeah. Fair I play. Yeah. That was that was one of the best games I've ever been to. Got a bit of, in terms of the experience, but yeah. Um, I remember that because it was West Ham as well. West Ham were competing for it as well. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I remember the. I remember we picked up a yellow card and there was quite a few yeah. fans back celebrating it like it was a goal because they didn't want to get involved yeah. in it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I hundred percent agree with with you there. Um, but I, sorry, just going back to your point, Jerry, in terms of you know this what the point I was trying to make. Nowhere there's all the best teams in Europe every year, so you need to you need to start adapting now to the you know the the um, the work that takes to be competing on these two fronts on a domestic and European level, and we want to be a, a, a good club, a great club, then you need to do that year in year out. So you know you can It's not even like we're, but it's not like every year we're com- competing fantastically in the league anyway. You know it, it's great having that European distraction. Yeah. Um, especially and obviously it's a, it's a little bit of a further journey for you then as Cherry, but. Nothing beats a European away, you know, going away for a few days and different part parts of the continent watching um, watching Everton play football is just unbelievable experiences. And you know, I I want that every year, every year I want that. Um, so it, it's not up for debate for me. Yeah, I honestly, if it's going to mean more games for the team, I, I want it. I I I get agitated when there's like two weeks. With like nothing, if it's like a break, yeah. a big long break, and you got a whole one week with nothing happening. I mean, I hate that. Like, and the, well, the worst, the worst is when you're out of FA Cup. Okay, yeah. all the other teams are playing. You're having to watch them on TV, and and, and where are you? You know, it, it's you. You can't. You don't really have as much of a stake in it. It sucks. It's not great. So more games. I I just it means I get to watch the team more. You know. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I look at what Pochettino did at Spurs. When he got there, he got them. He ended up getting them Champions League, and they didn't perform in Champions League. They looked, they mm-hmm. underperformed. They looked bad in Champions League, yeah. not the way they normally did. But they performed well in the league. This year, it seems like they've they've adapted to figure yeah. it out. You um, know, they yeah. they, they look phenomenal in Champions League. I would even say they're overperforming now in Champions League. They. I mean, the way they played against Madrid last mm-hmm. round, it's ridiculous. And they came back and tied Juventus at, in Turin, you know? That yeah. was... <laughs> you know? And, and I mean, if you look at two teams going opposite ways, you've hit the nail on the head right there. Spurs have just kind of shot up. Say from an even keel, you know, they, they've kind of went right up here and we've just mm-hmm. regressed yeah. almost. Um and, you know, we've got to start looking at them as a bit of an inspiration, really. And you, you get, you get used to it. You know, you eventually you figure it out. Um, yeah. 
By I the just... way, I think the Europa League stocks really grew up. And like, this season, yeah. I was looking yeah. at the, the matchups and there's some massive clubs there. And I thought, yeah. it, it, it looks tasty this <laughs> year, the competition. I think people were taking it serious. No, we, we would have enjoyed Dortmund away if we were the yeah. managed mm-hmm. in the group. Wow. That would have been a great tie for us. You know what's made Europa League way more impactful? The winner gets Champions League. Yeah, that has been all the difference, I think. Great move. It was a fantastic move. You spot mm-hmm. on. I think that now now it's something that people want want to desperately win. You know, United put all their eggs in one basket in, in terms of that last year. Um, and we're talking about the biggest clubs in the world. So um, I'm betting and, Arsenal's doing the same thing this season, by the way. Yeah, and Arsenal doing the same. Yeah, because it, it is. It's a, it's something that you you want to win. Now you. You, you you don't even you don't look at it as well as or the Mickey Mouse European Trophy teams are made up to win that that trophy and then to have the Champions League on top of it. Yep. it's a very appealing appealing piece of silverware to win. Yeah, I hate the disrespect that it tends to get, but I think it's I agree. Stock is going up, and I think with that and with more people watching, the money that European that Europa League teams get is going to gradually get more get get higher. Yeah. You know, uh, the disparity between Champions League and Europa League. I think it will close that gap. Um, You'd probably win that, wouldn't you say, over the FA Cup or League Cup, in my opinion, and I'd rather win that. See, I would as an outsider, as somebody from America who hasn't been watching since birth. But then again, I I wasn't sure how you guys would feel about it since you've been watching that since you, you know, could remember. You know what I mean? FA Cup, League Cup, you know? And I, 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 yeah, it, it, that's a fair point, and there's probably quite a few who would disagree. But if you're not, if you look at the benefits, I think you you win something on European stage. Like we could probably tell you the last five people to win Europa League, but we couldn't tell you how like the top five domestic leagues who won their cup probably. Well, we might be able to name one or two, but yeah. you struggle, wouldn't you? Whereas Europa League, such on a, a bigger platform, and you get that Champions League. Whereas the the, other, the domestic stuff, it's only Europa League again, isn't it? So, Yeah, yeah i got to be honest. Every single year, I'm angling, trying to figure out a way for us to get into Europa League, get in, get yeah. some kind of additional football. That's yeah. all I'm thinking about. You know, For me, you get some additional football. There is some form of success to your season. You know? Yeah. Uh, especially, I mean, I feel like it's the only thing we can achieve now. Yeah. You know what I mean? It is. Yeah. So, I mean, if, if something, and again, some people will be pulling against that to happen because they don't want Sam to stay. I just can't pull against us. I just can't. No. It's not. It's not in my nature to do that. So, even though these people are doing it for the good of the club, they think they, you know, and that's up to them. That's their deal. You know, that's just not not my thing, not my way. So that's the end of our Europa League or not segment. <laughs> Uh, the powers that be have uh, determined that we should discuss uh, discuss some old transfer stories, like we did in the last show, and end the end of this episode with a smile. It's been a lot of negative stuff. Let's let's be positive, all right? So uh, yeah, I have been sent three transfer stories from the past. Uh, the first one from March of 2011. This is the headline that I have been sent. Chelsea talks with Lukaku stall as Tottenham and Everton step up in for interest in Anderlecht sensation. So apparently, oh, in, ironic. Yeah, apparently in 2011, mm. we were thinking about 
swooping in and getting getting Lukaku. Do you know what's funny? Even even when we ended up getting Lukaku, he wasn't the initial target, was he? It was Denver Bar. That's true. That is true. Bill Kenwright rang up asking about Denver Bar and ended up with Lukaku on loan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dream. Uh, yeah, I'll go ahead and say that I think we ended up a little little better off on that one. Yeah. Um, so, uh, July 2009. Apparently, Everton are not interested in Idur Goodjohnson, all right, who is playing. And yes, the name is 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 just amazing. Yeah. So he was with Barcelona at the time. He had he had scored uh, fifty four goals for Chelsea from two thousand to two thousand six. Um, and his dad had come out and said, "You know what? Everton is an option for us among some other teams." And then Everton came out and said, "No, nah, we haven't really made a bid. We don't have any contact for him." So yeah. That was the thing. Apparently, uh, he ended up going to Monaco, then to Spurs on loan, sold to Stoke, and then went to Fulham. Later on to Bolton, way later down the road. Played for a I, lot of I teams. thought he played for them for Tottenham Hotspur. Yeah, mm. uh, he didn't oh, have he, many goals. No, no idea why I've just fully titled Tottenham. By the way, no, you know Tottenham Hotspur. <laughs> that's that's something you'll hear an American say. Actually, pretty pretty often. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, we or, have a t- thing tossing him. <laughs> we have a tendency to say the full names of teams: Crystal Palace, Tottenham Hotspur. Yeah, just that's what maybe we I'm do. just trying to fit in with the American. Yeah, that's what it like is. Frank Jerry, mm-hmm. Target in a market fan club. Yeah, I so many American listeners because <laughs> of me. Let me tell you, Ugh. they're like, "Wow, that guy tells me stuff I can know already." That's great. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the last one, which I think is the most fascinating, from June of 2011, EFC in bid to lure German Germany World Cup star Miroslav Klose to Goodison. He was 32 at the time. All right, this was in 2011. He ended up going to Lazio, and he stayed from 2011 to 2016. And he had 54 goals in 139 appearances. We would have talked that, I think. I loved Miroslav Klose. Yeah, he was fantastic. He player. was absolutely unbelievable. And even at that age, he still knew where to be to get the goals. And yeah. so was always phenomenal with his head. Yeah, I think he was definitely would have been a name I would have got on the back of his year. Yeah, so we could have had Lukaku earlier. Could have had a good Johnson. And... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, closer. <laughs> we were this closer. Really? Ha! Ha! I just made that oh, up. Oh. oh, anyway. Okay, so uh, yeah, I guess that's it. Um, those were those were outlandish. Those rumors. Um, yeah, and that's it for the big show, everybody. Um, for the pod people out there, please subscribe to the Toffee Blues podcast. Rate it. Leave a review if you can. Some people are leaving reviews, you know, saying this pod does not make me vomit. Please check out the Toffee Blues uh, YouTube channel. We make videos of a lot of these segments. Some of these are pod exclusives, but a lot of these we we have videos. So you can actually see what we look like when we're babbling this nonsense. Check out what, uh, what Max is doing on the Toffee Blues website. Check out what David's doing on the Sportsman and the Toffee Blues website. You should just check out the Toffee Blues website, all right? It's a good place. You can actually see all of our pods there organized they're all there um lots of analysis on that website 
Uh, also, please check out uh, the Toffee Blues on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, and I think uh, the Plug Olympics has ended. No more. Gentlemen, thank you so much. For David, for Max, for me. Bye-bye. Until next time.